1: Welcome to the Inside Carolina podcast. I'm your host for this one, John Siegley. I'm joined by Mike Ingersoll and EJ Wilson. We are sponsored, as always, by Johnny T-Shirt and JohnnyT-Shirt.com. Guys, it is officially hate week. This season, though, I feel that this game has a little bit more importance than usual. I mean, the UNC versus State game is always a big deal. But this year, EJ, knowing that UNC is on the cusp of bowl eligibility in Mack Brown's first year, How much importance do you put on this game, given the circumstances? I
0: put a lot of importance on it. I mean, this is a really big, significant game for us. I mean, everything's pretty much in play right now. I mean, we're playing for a bowl game. We're playing to really prove that Mac is back. I mean, you've seen the t-shirts all around the stadium and on Franklin Street, uh, and I think getting these guys to a bowl game in this first season back in Chapel Hill will be a really big statement. And I think it's going to carry over uh, into recruiting with some of these in-state guys because, I mean, over the last few years, NC State really has been kind of getting some recruits that I feel like that that we should have had So I definitely think that it's important. I mean, and it's NC State. I mean, these guys have been getting the better of us in this rivalry over the last few years. And yeah, they they have a lot of injuries and everything uh, going on with their program this year. So this is really an opportunity versus strike while the iron is hot and really take this game in their home field. Uh, It's going to be a night game, so the crowd's going to be plenty raucous. So. Uh, I think there's definitely a a higher level of importance on this game than it has been in the past, past few seasons. And I think that we have a very good, a very good chance to go out here and make a statement against these guys and kind of
1: take back some of this home state pride. Yeah, the aspect of this being a night game is something I want to touch on with you guys a little bit later on. But Mike, when you're looking at the players and the coaching staff, do you think that the coaches themselves are telling the players that look, this is the game that if anyone was ever going to lay everything on the line, this is it? Or do you think they're treating it like just another regular game?
2: I mean, I th- I think it would be improper to try and pull the wool over the team's eyes and act like this is just some other game at this point. I mean, like EJ just said it's It's an opportunity to really make a a hashtag statement in uh, Mac Brown's first year against hashtag state. And uh, I I think the added import of that makes it so that you can't really treat this like this is any other game. And I don't think this coaching staff would insult the intelligence of the guys they're coaching with that, especially the seniors and the guys that have kind of laid it out there. Um, so no, I, I think they are telling these guys this is you know this is this is one shot lay it all out on the you know lay it all on the line get yourself to a bowl game seniors go out with a bang you know and let's really keep the mo- the positive momentum that's been generated this year let's keep that going here into a, a little postseason berth.
1: All right, so let's go ahead and touch on the night game aspect then because I don't want to say that to later on and forget to bring it up. I think when it was announced that it was a 7 p.m. game, a lot of UNC fans kind of groaned at that because it's like you guys said State is going to be up for this game. EJ said that the crowd is going to be loud and State fans, they're going to be there because this is their Super Bowl. But EJ, as a player, you guys have mentioned in the past that it's actually kind of energizing to be in the opposing stadium for these night games. You guys famously won that big game up in Blacksburg on Thursday. So how do you think that will, will translate to this year's team? Do you think that the players are going to be actually more amped up by the fact that they can play under the lights over there in West Raleigh? Oh yeah. I mean,
0: I, I honestly I, I'm kind of jealous of the guys because I would have loved to play a night game. Uh in Carter Philly. I mean, the fans they, they've been tailgating all day, they've been drinking, they've been amped up. People have been texting, calling each other. I mean, we all have colleagues uh who went to the other school and vice versa. So I really think that the, the fans are gonna really have a lot of energy in this stadium and to be able to go. Into a stadium and knowing that it's going to be a great environment, it's going to be electric, it's going to be special and that you're going to be one of the only games on at that time. I mean, most of the rivalry games are going to be played at noon and at three this weekend. So um, I think that we probably are going to be one of the only games on and and that just adds to the excitement. I mean, you always want to go into an opposing team stadium, especially a rivalry game. I know growing up uh, when I was playing in college, I almost ra- would rather play the rival ga- rivalry game at the opposing team stadium because there's nothing more joyous than shutting up uh, NC State fans. It's, it's something that's hard to do because they're going to find something to babble about anyway, but it's it's definitely fun going in there shutting them down. And I, can, I, I do remember that energy that we had and the energy that was in that stadium in that 2009 game where we went up and were able to beat Virginia Tech. And I, I think that there was a team that was quote unquote unbeatable on Thursday night in Blacksburg. And I think that this is a team that's ready for the picking uh in NC State this year. So I think it's time to go in there and make a statement. I mean, we need to carry some of that energy over from the, the blowout win that we had against Mercer. I know this is gonna be a, a different opponent, different caliber of opponent, and these guys are gonna bring their A game. I mean, their four and seven record, they won't play like a four and seventeen Saturday unless we force them to play like a four and seventeen. And I think that we can. I, I really think that we're gonna going to be a lot of Carolina blue in that stadium. I personally am staying away from that stadium. Uh, one, because my palms sweat every time someone says Carter Finley to me. And two, I don't think I need to be uh, around those fans <laughs> after they've been drinking all day. So I definitely think that it's going to be a great environment and the players should be looking for them I don't think those fans
2: need to be around you after you drinking all day.
0: Oh yeah, they
1: definitely don't. It won't be safe for anyone involved. I was going to say, that street goes both ways. I mean... <laughs> EJ, you're a bigger dude. I think I would, you know, it's kind of one of those things where you size up and then you realize who you're sizing up to.
0: Good point. You you make a good point. So, so I
1: mean, I, I think for I me, mean, I got a lot of coworkers
0: and a lot of people um, in the construction and engineering industry that are going to be there. And they, they've they all invited me to go to the games. And I said, it, it's, a, it's probably for my best interest and for our
1: professional relationship that we don't attend this game together. Nice. All right. Mike, talking about the offense, it's like EJ said, State, even though they're four and seven, they're not going to a bowl this year. That's not going to impact their level play, I don't feel like, at least early on in this game. In the past, State has made it a mission, I think, to knock out UNC's opposing quarterback, and their players take very much pride in that. I mean, the, the coaching staff, of course, can talk about how, oh, we're not, instructing guys to do that, but there's a pattern there. As an offensive lineman, how would you get ready for that knowing that State is going to do their best to knock out Sam Howell? Because if State's going to win this game, if Howell's not playing, that is by far their best shot.
2: Yeah, I mean, there's really nothing you can do as an offensive lineman except stick to your fundamentals and just, just play the best game you can possibly play. I mean, there's there's nothing you're going to do to avoid State taking a cheap shot on Sam. You know, the the big thing is just holding your blocks, you know, maybe an extra second, an extra step in pass protection. Right. See, so, you know, you get back into your set and you just, you finish, you finish the rep. So, you know, when the ball is away, typically you let the guy go and you start working your way downfield. Maybe as soon as you know the ball's away, you go ahead and you hang on for an extra second or two and just make sure they can't get a late hit on Sam because they'll, they'll take a 15 yard penalty. They'll take a kid getting ejected for targeting to get Sam out of the game for sure. I mean, state will play out of their mind and they're going to do everything they possibly can to screw up our season. You know, that's all they care about at this point. It is, it is the Russell Wilson, NC State teams of all is what this is this is uh, you know their entire mission at this point is to screw up carolina season screw up our bowl placement in this in this respect screw up our bowl eligibility generally uh, and, and they're going to do everything they can to accomplish that and if they can knock out sam Howell, that you're right that is the quickest easiest way to do it but they're going to be looking to hurt everybody i mean there's going to be cheap shots after the play every time there's a dog pile if there's a fumble or a ball on the ground or something there's going to be guys taking little shots under the pile. I mean, that's it, that's the kind of stuff that goes on. I mean, people remember what's-his-name spit Kevin Reddick's face in the back of the end zone right in front of Ron Cherry and the rest of that referee and crew, and somehow we ended up with a flag on that. I mean, that's that's the kind of stuff that's going to happen this game because this at this point is their Super Bowl. Nothing else matters to them. They're not going to a bowl game, but if they can go ahead and they can screw up UNC's season one more time to finish out this year, head into the offseason, that'll give Dave Dorn the fuel he needs in recruiting. It'll give the players they need in talking trash on social media in the offseason, and it'll give the fans what they need to, to talk
1: trash going into the next season. All right, let's switch over to keys to the game. But first, I want to take a moment to talk about our friends at Giant T-Shirt and GiantT-Shirt.com. They are your place to go for Carolina gear. The UNC football season is over with. However, basketball season is still going on. There are a lot of Olympic sports as well that are still happening and will be starting very soon. So if you're going to be in Chapel Hill, make sure that you swing by Franklin Street where you can visit the Giant T-Shirt location there but they've been in business for decades. They have the absolute best customer service, and they have everything that you could want for the Tar Heel fan and your family. The holiday season is right around the corner, so if you need gift ideas, they have anything that you could want. If you can't make it to Chapel Hill, you can always shop at GiantT-Shirt.com to get the same great customer service and the same great selection. And don't forget that if you are an Inside Carolina Premium subscriber, you get 10% off of your orders at GiantT-Shirt or GiantT-Shirt.com. You can get that code off of the Tar Pit Premium Message Board or the Basketball Premium Message Board. So that's GiantT-Shirt and GiantT-Shirt.com, your place to go for Carolina gear. All right, so let's talk about what is going to be the difference in this game for UNC to get the win. EJ, when you're looking at the defense, what is your absolute keys that they must do this Saturday? We have to stop the run, uh, and we have to get after the quarterback.
0: I mean, these guys are averaging about four yards a carry, and they honestly haven't given up many sacks this year, so we're just going to have to play sound, good, disciplined defense. And like like Mike mentioned, it's going to be a chippy game, so I think the the real big key outside of X's and O's and executing on the field is going to be the maturity and and the composure of the players on defense. When you're chasing the ball, you're going to have a guy that's going to try to trip you up, or a guy that's going to grab your jersey. When you're Pass rushing, they're going to be guys that are going to get their hands up in your face mask or try to get their hands around your neck, and we just can't react to some of those some of those things. So if we go out there, we play a physical game and bring the fight to them the reputation with around the state is that we're just not a physical program. And that's, and and no matter how much we prove that on the field, that's still the perception of us. And over in Raleigh, they're thinking the same thing. They're thinking that no matter how depleted they are by injuries, how inexperienced they are, they think that they're going to have the advantage to come out and be more physical than us. And when you look at our defense on tape against some of the ACC opponents, I mean, it's hard to argue that point. So we need to really, bring our true identity Saturday and be a great team and and be physical, bring the fight to them, keep our composure. I mean, play to and through the whistle, but don't get caught or get baited into making any, any cheap plays or get caught throwing punches. Like Mike said, I mean, we were in, in Chapel Hill when Kevin Reddick got spit on and in our home stadium, the flag was on us. So the referees don't like us. The other team's not going to like us. So there could be a situation where we're playing pretty much with one arm behind our back. So I think that, This is a game where we really need to be focused in. We really need to be physical, and we we just can't respond to some of the dumb and immature things that we're probably going to see on Saturday.
1: Well said, man. What about on offense, Mike? Would you do anything different schematically if you're Phil Longo for this game?
2: No, I don't think there's anything you have to do schematically. I would just stick to the Mercer game plan and use the run to set up the pass. Typically, this season, we've used the pass to set up the run, but I think... If we can have success on the ground and we control the clock and we can keep NC State's offense off the field, we'll be good. You know, we need to sustain drives and give our defense a blow, too. You know, Fedora's offense had this issue a couple of years ago where they had the potential to score so fast that we would sit there and rack up points, but our defense would never actually get any rest. And that was a defense that struggled. And when you have a defense that's struggling, keeping them off the field, it's it's a bad way to put it, but letting, having them off the field so they can rest, recoup, and make in-game adjustments and have the time to make those adjustments, that matters. When you're scoring in one-minute spurts, right, when you have a drive that lasts one play and goes 70 yards, I mean, that's great for Center top 10, and that's great for putting points on the board. That's really bad for a struggling defense or a defense that just needs a little bit more time to make in-game adjustments. So I think if we can sustain drives using the run, using the short passing game, catch the ball... And then like we talked about it a minute ago, keep guys off of Sam, uh, particularly with late hits. So after the ball is gone, offensive line, hold their blocks for an extra second, second and a half, and then just waiting to head down the field uh, after the ball is away. If we can do those three things, I think Carolina's got a real good shot of winning this game. But there's nothing schematically they need to really change. They just need to refine it, and they need to really pay attention to little things you don't typically have to pay attention to, like what we've been talking about, holding blocks a little bit longer and pass protection after the ball is away stuff like that that's not a normal game plan kind of thing it's not a normal technique thing it's just a say specific to this game and this opponent kind of thing and uh, if they can pay attention to that i think they'll be fine
1: yeah if the tarkills come out flat in this game i will be very disappointed but i really think that they are going to be energized because for the seniors you know they just sat through two seasons of just terrible results in the field and they have a chance to go out with a bowl game so speaking of the individual players. EJ, who are one or two guys that you would challenge in this game to really be a potential difference maker?
0: Of course we gotta go with Miles Dorn. I mean, he's a senior, he's in the secondary. We've had our struggles uh this year. And I think that with the amount that he's played, I mean, I, I think that he he's had a fairly decent season. I don't think that he's had the type of season that we thought he was, was gonna have, especially based on the first game, but He's one guy who I'm really looking at to challenge and, and and to really step up and to be a leader and to, and to like we've mentioned, to, to keep some of those younger guys and inexperienced guys out there from making some of those mistakes from falling into the trap of guys trying to bait him into getting a penalty. And Jason Strobridge, I mean, I'm calling out his name a lot. I had really high expectations for him to, during the season, and it's kind of been really up and down, and I think that he really needs to put it all together. I mean, this is your final showcase. It's your, your final regular season game of your, of your college career it's the final time you get to play that team over in Raleigh so I mean lay it all on the line I mean play to continue your career I think that's going to be the emphasis and that's really the catchphrase I think that needs to be go going around the locker rooms especially amongst these seniors you want to play to extend your career Everybody wants wants time to get your to, to have a bowl game, to get your family there, to get everyone there. And that's really, really when the scouts have their eyes on people and seeing how they're performing and how they look against things that they've had so long to prepare against. But just keeping our eyes on what's in front of us right now, those are definitely the two guys because I think that we're gonna go as they go. I mean, like I said, our, our linebackers, I mean, they they play well all year. I mean Chaz has 100 tackles in his first season ever playing linebacker, and I don't think that that's, that's getting enough attention. That's very, very impressive to me, so I think with him, Gimel, and the way Dominique Ross has kind of stepped up and been playing over the last few weeks, I think we're pretty solid there. I think where we need to step it up is up front, establishing our physicality, stopping the run, getting after the quarterback, and in the secondary, being disciplined with our eyes, uh, being disciplined in our drops, and just playing within the system and playing within the, uh, the coverage, the call coverage for that defense for that particular play. So I think if those guys can kind of rally the troops and set an example out there, I think that we'll fare well against NC
1: State. All right. And then how about on offense, Mike, who do you think must stand out if UNC is going to get the win?
2: First, it's going to be Brian Anderson in there, in their center, shoring up the interior. Of that offensive line, our running game, and our passing game, pass protection is going to go. However, the interior three go, and that's going to start with Brian Anderson. Having Polino back has been really good for the inside, for shoring up those three guys. But you know, Brian has had an up and down season um, overall. I'm I'm proud of the way he's played. He's come in and he's done things. I'd say. Overall, on the positive side, there's a lot of things to clean up. But I, I think he has an opportunity here to really finish out his season on an individual level with a strong game and helps maybe secure his spot going, in, going into next year if it's not already secured. Um, but uh, I think, I think this is a chance for him to really go out there and showcase all the improvement that he's made this year and show people why he's a starter and show people why he's 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 the de facto leader of that offensive line as the center typically is. The second person I think needs to have a good game is Toe Groves. And the reason why Toe Groves needs to show out is that they're gonna do everything they can to shut down Daz Newsom and then secondarily they're gonna try and shut down Diami Brown. If NC State's if they are successful in that, Carolina's gonna have to have somebody else become a playmaker and Toe Groves has all the athleticism he has all the experience. He has everything you need to be an explosive player for Carolina this game. He's just got to make sure he catches the ball. He knows his route assignments and he's getting open. And then when the ball, and then when he has the opportunity, when the ball is thrown to him, that he makes the play he needs to make. I think if Toe Groves starts breaking the game open a little bit, they'll have to take attention away from Daz and Diami Brown. And if they if they're taking attention away from Daz and Deami, that's going to let them get open and let them start making plays again. So so Toe Groves is a guy from the skill from a skills perspective, from a skill play perspective that I think is going to have to have a really big game. And he will have an opportunity to do that, I think, because all eyes are going to be on those other two receivers. This will be his chance to really shine and have a breakout game. So Brian Anderson and Toe Groves are my two guys I think you should watch for to have big games this weekend.
1: All right, let's take our last commercial break. And when we get back, let's go ahead and dive into story time with Mike and EJ, everyone's favorite segment of Hate Week. So stay tuned. We'll be right back after this.
3: Stay refreshed with Taste Salud,
0: the ultimate hydration experience. Dive into the world of agua frescas designed to elevate your day, boost your energy, stay hydrated, and unwind with Salud's on-the-go
3: stick packets, each with just one gram of sugar. Exclusive for our listeners, enjoy a 10% discount on your first order with code TASTE10 at checkout. Visit
0: tastesalud.com for the full selection. Taste the difference with Taste Salud. Cheers to health.
4: Selling a little or a lot to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash Podcast. all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash Podcast now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. shopify.com slash Podcast.
1: And we are back with the Inside Carolina podcast. John Siegley here with Mike Ingersoll and EJ Wilson. Guys, let me just ask the question to both of you guys. Who hates NC State more? Is it Mike or is it EJ? Me. I'm
0: exposed to it every day. Every single day I am exposed to it. As I mentioned before, uh, when I started my uh, job that brought me back to North Carolina, it's with the engineering firm here. And as we all know, um, State thinks they're the greatest engineering school uh, ever in life. And we were actually on the Centennial campus um, at NC State. So one day um, I was in the bathroom and I washed my hands left both of my bowl rings on the sink, uh, didn't realize it, went to lunch, was going to a lunch meeting, got to the lunch meeting, sat down, completely just blanked out, rushed up, drove all the way back to campus, about a 10-minute drive, just to go back and get my bowl rings because I was scared that someone was going to flush them down the toilet. And, I mean, the, our structural engineer, I go into his office. The first time I meet this guy, he has a picture from the uh, Carter, Findler, Carter Carter Finley Stadium from my senior year. Like, as I mentioned, the only game I feel like that we've got cheated, cheated against NC State. And this is what's on his wall. I come back two weeks later um, after I told him that that was me in that picture. And he prints out a headshot for me, uh, tapes it to the picture. And that's what they write messages to each other now. So it's like a little speech bubble coming from it. So um, I'm exposed to to those guys every day. So um, I think I probably hate them more now than I did when I played.
1: Mike, do you have any counter to that counselor? Any objections raised?
0: I, I, no, no objections, Your Honor. I think EJ brings, brings
2: up a good point. I was going to, I was going to volunteer him as probably closer to this now than I am. I'm a couple of years, uh, I'm a couple of years removed now from, from the hatred and the rivalry and not being in Chapel Hill anymore has also removed me physically from, from a lot of that noise. So, yeah, I think EJ is probably the best candidate for, for, uh, supreme hatred. Supreme <laughs> hater. <laughs> right hey, now.
1: Hey, hate, 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 hey, Love it. Let me ask you guys this because I know, you know, Mike, you've said it multiple times growing up. You didn't even know the UNC had a football program. Yeah. EJ, you being from Virginia, also did not grow up a Tar Heel fan. At what point though, did both of you guys realize that this rivalry is this level of nastiness? and just hatred between the players, the fans, the coaches, and everywhere. When did that light come on for you guys?
0: I'll say for me, it was, it it probably was uh, my, going into the game, my uh, red shirt freshman year, where they decided to come to campus and paint a few of our signs red. Um, That's when I really kind of hated those guys, but for me, and this is the story that I I haven't really shared with a lot of people. So uh, my senior year going to the NC state game, uh, my dad has 14 siblings and a lot of them didn't get a chance to come see me throughout my career. So they all came to surprise me at the NC state game in Carter from stadium. uh, My, my senior year, they all had pictures of me on their shirts and they're sitting in the, the the fan, the, um, the, the away team section. And, before the game, like, these NC State fans were chirping at him and cursing at them so much that they couldn't handle it and they had to leave the game. So I didn't even go out for the captain's hand toss. I mean, coin toss. I didn't shake hands. I didn't do any of that stuff because at that point I was so enraged. So I think that moment right there is when I said, okay, this is a little bit more than a football rivalry for me now. Like, they chose to make it personal. So I really – I don't – when I'm at work and, of course, and dealing with these – contractors and all these other people that um, went to NC State that I do uh, business with professionally, I don't let on as much how much as I, I really hate them. But every time I see that Tuffy or I see that that logo, it's it just my palms start to sweat. My heart rate rises. It's just it's a different type of hate for me.
1: <laughs> you mean old Tuffy, a.k.a. mediocrity in a cam? Oh yeah, yeah that yeah. Not only yeah,
0: yeah. Uh, is their mascot terrible, but their their beer's gross. But I have a nice graphic of uh, the Tuffy with the Carolina blue hat on, with the uh, UNC logo on his chest that I shall be printing out and pasting on everyone's office this week.
2: I think EJ's EJ EJ has a, a specific story there that obviously fan relations up there in the stands got personal for him, and I think all of us have a story from our families being up in the stands obviously we don't we don't hear that stuff down on the field as much um you know coming from the bleachers because we're dealing with our own uh our, our own little individual battles down there on the field with 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 state guys running their mouths uh, but the, i think everybody's family my family included uh has had an experience uh, a negative experience with state fans uh in Carter Finley Stadium up there in the bleachers uh with people saying and doing things throwing things uh that kind of crap that that a lot a lot of times is inexcusable. It's stuff you don't hear about happening at Keenan Stadium. And it's not it's not the kind of thing that uh it's it is not what some people would call good fandom. It's not just being crazed for your team, it's not just being supportive, it's it's crossing a certain line. And NC State's fan base unfortunately does that uh both in-game and out of game a lot of the times. But I know Specific examples, specific examples like the one that EJ just gave, and some that like my family has had to deal with. I know TJ Yates' family had to deal with up there in the stands. Um, state fans tend to take things just a little too far, past the point of uh, you know bitter, uh, cold-blooded rivalry,
1: to uh, making things a little personal and, and taking them farther than they necessarily should have to go one more question for you guys on the teams that y'all played on who of your teammates was the most ardent hater of nc state who do you recall as being the guy that just despised seeing those red uniforms mike what about you on the offense
2: Uh, i mean it might have been me to be honest with you (laughs) i I mean it really might have been i mean i was up screaming in the hotel room the night before the game i mean guys that guys that remember that i mean i i i don't there, there was just something about that team uh, having played them. I obviously lettered for four years, so I was on the field against them for four years. I started against them for two, um, and there was just never, there was never anything positive that ever came out of a game with them. And I'm not even talking about the score. It's just that the general relationships. I, I don't think there was. It, there, there are two players, and EJ knows this. There are two players that I can stomach because I know them. Um, I, I can. Uh, Russell Wilson is a good guy. For the most part, but he's also a Wisconsin grad, so that's fine. You know, former Wisconsin quarterback Russell Wilson. He's 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 a nice guy. I did some charity work with him. He's back in college. He's 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 an all right dude. And Ted Larson, who is a center for them, uh, he is. I think he's with the Bears now, but he was with me and EJ when we were down in Tampa, and I got to know Ted a little bit. Those are the only two state players that I've ever met that I can actually handle on a on a human level. Everybody else, for whatever reason, just just rub me the wrong way. It always. It, it it added insult to injury the fact that that we didn't beat that i obviously won in 06 but i redshirted that was ej's redshirt freshman year so i didn't play in that game ej did but then the, the next four years of my actual eligible playing time i didn't beat nc state and every single year we should have a couple of those would have given us nine wins i mean it was that 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 always rubbed that was made it worse but going into those games it was just a there's always been a little brother mentality with State, uh, like a little redheaded stepchild mentality with State. And they, for whatever reason, take it way too far on game day and on the field. And I don't know what it is, but they always seem to get help from the refs, um, especially at Carter-Finley Stadium. They they seem to get help. and I, And I don't complain about refs very often, but the NC State game is one where it seems like referees, and particularly Ron Cherry, always seem to play some type of role in NC State's favor. And that the combination of they have this little man complex, this little brother complex, coupled with help from the refs, and then add on, a, you know, the losses that I personally experienced—that most of them were gut wrenching. You factor all those three things together, and and I had just an absolute—I mean, hatred isn't a strong enough word. Uh, just a just a, a, a disdain and um, uh, just just a putrid taste in my mouth from from NC State. And I, I have my entire life, and I, I'm lucky that I'm disconnected from it as much as I am. I feel bad for EJ having to be immersed in that environment every single day of his life. That that pretty much sucks.
1: See, I was going to say, even though you you know you both admitted EJ is the one that hates them more, hearing Mike just be so eloquent about his feelings about the Wolf Pack, I, I don't know. I, I think you guys might be closer than what you think that I just gave I just gave a 5 minute explanation that
2: much more easily could have been summed up in a four letter word if we could have just said that on air. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> That is
1: accurate. I you just des-
2: I just I just described the feeling of the proper four letter word.
1: Mhm. Indeed. Well done sir. That's why you're a lawyer. So EJ what about on the defense were you the one leading the a charge against the wolf pack or was there someone else that you feel could have even topped your hatred feelings towards them? Might have been it was between Kendrick Bernie and
0: Kwan it Now um and Mike knows this about these guys these guys were leaders but they weren't the most verbal people they more so led by their actions and their play on the field correct but these these guys literally had to be held back calmed down and like told, told to control their emotions before the game I mean a lot of those two guys in particular they played with a lot of those guys that were on that NC State team and it's like for them some of them had friends they were friends with these guys before they went to college and all of a sudden now because they're at, at rival universities that that, that the relationship Kind of got skewed a little bit, so they definitely took it personally from the beginning. And I just kind of came along, and as the years went over, my my disdain for them just grew and grew. So I would honestly say, as a whole, we definitely hated them. I mean, all eleven guys who started, um, and even the guys who didn't start. Quentin Copeland was one in particular. Before my senior my senior year, um, we were roommates on the road. And, and and he was up all night, just just kind of obsessing over it. So uh, there was a healthy a healthy hatred for them. And and, and don't that goes again also to the fact that we were playing against uh, Russell Wilson uh, back before he actually went and played for a, a real school over in, uh, in Wisconsin. So uh, having to prepare for him and just the frustrations that he brought also kind of developed an a extra level of hate for him. So I would honestly say. Uh, Quan and, and kendrick bernie but there was a, a healthy disdain
1: amongst everybody on the defensive side of the ball all right guys let's go ahead and wrap it up with this final game of the season prediction time how do you think this one's gonna go mike start with you
0: uh go with ej first okay EJ, <laughs> we'll go with you i uh I honestly um i can speak to how i wanted to go i mean we we sit here every year, no matter how good or how bad our team, our our team is or their team is. These guys have just kind of found a way to beat us. Uh, But uh, I'm hoping that that this year is different. I mean, there's a group of guys, these group of seniors, They've kind of had their battles back and forth with them, but um, I'm looking to see a physical game. I think that if our defense goes out and play, I think our offense is very capable of scoring a lot of points on these guys. But um, I, I, being that it's a rivalry game, I think it'll be
1: something uh, maybe 28-20. I, I think we still win in a close game. All right, Mike, you can't duck it now. What's going to happen? Uh, on, what's going to happen in this one?
2: Fans are gonna be real pissed at me, but it's gonna be twenty four to twenty one NC State, and, and that's I've been I've been I've been calling this all all year long. Uh, I was wrong on my four and eight prediction. I don't think I'm gonna be wrong on my five and seven prediction. State's gonna come out. They're gonna play out of their mind. This is they're gonna be more focused this week in practice than they've been all year long. Yes, State sucks. They've had a terrible year. You know, same song and dance we've seen however many times before. Carolina is more talented. Carolina has a better record. Carolina has more to lose. Uh, and then state comes out and pulls off some improbable win. Um, I I think that this team we currently have has a lot to do in terms of learning how to win. They've learned that they they've learned that they do win. They now need to learn how to win. Um, and this is the kind of game that I think they're going to learn more from out of a loss than they would out of a win. And uh, unfortunately I think Carolina is going to come away with an L on this one and they're going to miss bowl eligibility. Now I hope I'm wrong. They proved me wrong already this year. Um, But uh, again, I mean, I predicted four and eight preseason. We're sitting right now at five and six and
1: uh, I hope I'm wrong, but I, I think we finished the year at five and seven. All right, I'm going to go UNC 28, NC State 21, and I'm going to base that off of Mr. Sam Howell because that kid is a gamer. He is ice water in his veins. I do not think he's going to be afraid of NC State. I think that the offensive line will be up to the challenge to prevent those cheap hits, those late hits that that you were talking about, Mike. And I think in this game, he's going to make the UNC touchdown record even more unassailable. He broke it against Mercer. He's all alone in first place now. I think he's going to add to that total 28-21 UNC. Guys, that will wrap it up for this one, though. Thanks again. It was great talking to y'all this season. And we'll talk some more during the offseason, though. Thank you, man. It's been great. Sounds good.
3: Thanks for listening to another podcast from InsideCarolina.com. Brought to you by JohnnyTShirt.com where to go for your next Tar Heel gear purchase. Have you heard of Nordic Knots? The Scandinavian rug company that has become the insider brand gracing some of the most beautiful homes around the world with rug designs by some of the world's leading designers and a signature collection of wool and jute rugs in modern colors. But Nordic Knots is not just about great design. Their mission is to make quality rugs that last with no compromises. GoodWeave certified handmade pieces woven in all natural materials. At NordicKnots.com, it's easy to find a rug that's just right. A curated collection in lots of colors and sizes to choose from. Even custom sizes are possible. So whether you're the type who loves the understated elegance of their luxury essentials or the bold statements from their top designer collaborations, you can't really go wrong. Oh, and don't tell anyone. But right now, you can get a free sample with the code INNERCIRCLE, NordicKnots.com.